My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. Well, Biden is at the most important climate summit of all time. The fate of the planet hangs in the ballast and he fell asleep. <laughs> you can't really blame him. Uh, police warned a woman that she needed a permit for her Halloween costume. Leftists are using social terrorism to try and get Democrat Senator Cinema to go along with their huge spending bills. This time they disrupted a wedding. Cities that defunded the police have increased crime and angry citizens. What a surprise! Yeah, I know. And the kinder, gentler Taliban now killing people at a wedding for playing music. It's all coming up this edition of the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. So we'll start at this big summit over in Scotland. I mean, it's climate. It's about the world being safe and the world teetering on the edge of extinction. And so... According to the Washington Free Beacon, and I'm sure you've seen the video by now, you've got our president, 78, soon to be 79-year-old Democratic president, spotted dozing off. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, if you listen to these conference speakers, you'd be dozing off too. But the conference speaker was urging attendees at one of the most important meetings in history to stop the destruction of this magnificent planet. And Biden closed his eyes and started breathing really heavily. And kind of rocking a little bit. And then an aide came up and whispered in his ear. And all of a sudden, uh, nap time. Oh, yeah, clap now. Oh, okay. Following the nap, Biden took the stage and described climate change as an existential threat to human existence as we know it. That was already ravaging the world. After he showed up on Air Force One, escorted by a convoy of 20 gas-guzzling SUVs. But it was down from the 85 gas-guzzling SUVs that was his motorcade in Rome with the Pope. So, you know, look, everybody's cutting back. <laughs> hey, he has to be safe. You can't expect him not to have a big motorcade, right? Well, I don't know, because if it's, if it's a situation where the planet hangs in the balance, where at any moment this existential threat is about to destroy everything we know, then maybe three cars in the motorcade? Maybe a smaller plane? No! <laughs> then you don't really mean it, do you? No, you don't. When, when we say, you know, we all have to make sacrifices, let me translate that. You have to make sacrifices, <laughs> not us. We live a different lifestyle. We are the elite. You are the masses. You're lucky to have us. And we deserve a certain lifestyle, after all. I mean, come on. And then we get into the polling. Washington Free Beacon pulled some of these polls for us. One is the NBC News poll. More than 70% say the country's on the wrong track under Biden. 54% said they disapproved of the job he's doing. And then there's the Marist College poll. 44% of Democrats say, quote, their party will have a better chance winning the White House with someone other than Biden at the top of the ticket in 2024. Only 36% said Biden should run for re-election. 20% weren't sure. <laughs> These are not good. There's another poll. This is the... I&I tip poll, and it says, indicate your level of agreement or disagreement with the following descriptions of President Joe Biden. Among the choices given, mentally sharp, <laughs> energetic, <laughs> a good communicator. <laughs> okay, Greg, quit commentating. All right, 42% of those polled say they think he's mentally sharp. 42% said energetic. 47% said good communicator. Now, of course, there's a big partisan divide. Republican, Democrat, but when you get to the independents, oh man, only 34% said Biden is mentally sharp. 58 said nope. Women, 
40% said he's mentally sharp. This is not good if you're a Democrat thinking that you have a shot of winning re-election. A new Rasmussen report survey. 58% said they are not confident that the president is physically and mentally up to the job. Hmm. It's not going good, Joe. Wake up. No, I'd actually like him to sleep more. He'd do less damage that way. Biden also got up after his nap. Remember, he did his little speech at the Scotland Climate Summit. And he said... No, he said some words. He said, I guess I shouldn't apologize. He's right. He shouldn't have. I guess I shouldn't apologize, but I do apologize for the fact that the United States in the last administration pulled out of the Paris Accords and put us sort of behind the eight ball a little bit. And he said that, that you know, things would change. This was, this was during a session called Action in Solidarity. Well, he's totally wrong on that, by the way. The only country that actually fulfilled what was in the Climate Accords, of the Paris Climate Accords, is the United States. We pulled out of it. I know. I'll explain in a minute. The United States, if I have anything to do with it, will do our part. Our success, in my view, hinges on our collective commitment to ramping up our momentum and strengthening our climate ambition and blah, 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 blah. It's the same stuff they've been saying for years. There's no time to hang back or sit on the fence or argue amongst ourselves. This is the challenge of our collective lifetimes, an existential threat to human existence. Um, we've been told this for 30 years. For 30 years, we've only got 10 years left. We've only got 10 years left. We've only got 10 years left. Well, we've gone through those 10 years and we're still told we've only got 10 years left. It's starting to get a little old. Earlier this year, Biden pledged to slash U.S. greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2023. And last week, the president offered a scaled back compromised social and climate policy framework, including $555 billion in climate related investments. You want to talk about making us uncompetitive and tied to higher energy costs forever? which will be a drag on our economy forever and will do nothing, by the way. Here's the, here's the big thing. Even if you believe 100% in everything the far-left climate alarmists say, which, by the way, they've been proved wrong time and time and time and time again, when you look at their climate models and what they predicted would happen that has not happened, yes, global warming happens and global cooling happens and back and forth and back and forth, but what they predicted to happen has not happened. Even the people who believe in all of that, 100% say you're wrong to even talk about it and debate it. They will even admit that there will be nothing statistically significant that changes in our climate if we do what we say we're going to do. Why? Well, because China and Russia and India, they don't give a rip. And they're letting that stuff fly. And they don't do clean energy. They just do as much energy as they can possibly make. And yet somehow we're the bad guys? No, 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 no. The UN every year puts out this thing called an emissions gap report. The last one they put out was in December of 2020. We'll get another one in about a, you know, a month or so. And the United Nations actually found that we're doing great. Uh, Eleanor Wald wrote this last year for Forbes. She said the U.S. is the most successful major country at mitigating its own emissions. And the UN report showed it. Quote, the United States of America emits 13% of global GHG emissions, greenhouse gas, China emits more than one quarter of the GHG emissions. Now, we still contribute the most greenhouse gas per capita, but over the last decade, our emissions have been in decline, 0.4% per year, and even more so during the Trump years. What? No, he pulled out of the accord. That is true. But because he allowed all the fracking, and we shifted so much from some of our quote, dirtier energy sources to clean natural gas, 
even though we were creating more energy than ever, we were decreasing our greenhouse gas emissions. So we're making these, we were making these improvements without tying our hands and allowing other countries to gain economic and energy advantages over us. We became the number one producer of natural gas in the world, the number one producer of oil in the world. We were exporting this stuff. We were making money. We were making it cheaper for people to run their businesses with energy, to heat and cool their houses with energy. But now all of that's reversed. And by the way, we're getting right back in that Paris Accord. You realize no other country in the Paris Accord met what they promised to do with their greenhouse gas emissions. We're the only ones who met that, and we weren't even part of it. Unbelievable. And it, oh, I've got to apologize for it. Listen, in just a second, I want to tell you about how the police warned a woman not to wear a Halloween costume. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You don't want to miss this story. But first, if you're enjoying the show, I'm asking you to be a part of the movement. Help me combat the far less version of America. Rally around what makes us exceptional. So if you like the Greg Knapp Experience page on Facebook, that'd be awesome. Listen to the podcast wherever podcasts are found. And tell three friends to tell three friends. Uh, thanks so much for being a part of the movement. So... Don't miss this story because it sounds like it's just a funny throwaway story, but it's really pretty scary. It's Halloween, Greg. Well, you know, that was a few days ago, but what happened was this woman, Kat Uden, down in South Florida, she didn't like what was going on with the developer's plan to build a 30-story condo on taxpayer-owned beachfront land. Right now, it's a park. It has a community center, and there's a vote coming up by the city commissioners just a little bit before the end of the year, so she doesn't like it. So she created a Halloween costume, a big cardboard box that she wears that looks like a condo. And she went on Facebook and she said, hey, come to the city party dressed like a condo or, you know, or bring a sign that says you don't like this. Well, well, no, 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 no. An officer called her up. Police officer told her if she wore the costume to the city of Hollywood's Holly Weird Halloween block party, it would be considered a planned protest march and she needed a permit or she could be arrested for wearing a condo costume because she's ticked off about what the city wants to. I don't care where you stand on whether the city should, should be able to let a private developer develop this land or not. The point is, you're going to arrest somebody for wearing a Halloween costume? What about this First Amendment right to protest? Look, she's not talking about marching in the street and shutting down a city street. Yeah, you need a permit for that. But you don't need a permit to simply show up at a city Halloween party wearing a costume that shows that you are against something the city is going to do. Unbelievable. Bob Jarvis, constitutional law professor at Nova Southern University, told the Sun Sentinel that she had a right to wear the costume. It was protected by the First Amendment. The police are on shaky ground. No reason to think she's inciting anyone or she will be starting a riot. Absolutely. And she said, yeah, I, I told the cop it's a costume party. I don't consider it a demonstration. That's why I didn't apply for a permit. No, you don't need a permit for this. Think about how the police even knew about it. I mean, are they trolling Facebook? Or did one of her so-called Facebook friends snitch on her? Or is the city government scanning Facebook pages to see if people are protesting their latest condo development? This is really creepy, man. People creeping around on Facebook, turning you into the cops, the cops thinking they have the power to stop you from wearing a Halloween costume. Now, listen, if you're part of some far left wing groups and you just want to just show up and shut down interstates, <laughs> no problem. But, you know, I mean, people have right. It was mostly peaceful, but you can't wear a Halloween costume. Speaking of left wing protesters, Chris Enlow has a great piece on this of how they went after Kristen Sinema, the Democrat. You know, she is not a conservative, by the way. 
The left makes you think probably in the news, Kristen Sinema, she was elected a Democrat and now she's like, she's like Newt Gingrich or something. No, no, no. This woman is a liberal. She just isn't liberal enough to go for the far left agenda of these two huge spending bills that the Democrats are trying to ram down our throats. So she's like, well, my people in Arizona are not all on board on this. And she's about her people, which is what you're supposed to be as a senator, not just in the pocket of the far left wing Democratic Party. So she said, no, I'm not going to vote for this. So they've been harassing her. As you know, they've been going into the bathroom with her. They've been harassing her in the airport, on airplanes. And really, I think it goes beyond harassing. It's social terrorism. I think we need to start using that phrase. It is social terrorism because what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it so that her life is miserable, miserable to the point that she caves in, right? You just, you just pester and pester and pester this person enough. And eventually I just can't take it anymore, man. I need some peace. I need to get my life back. Okay. I'll do it. And then of course they do it more and more because it worked right? You see this tactic all the time. It's what all the far left groups are doing. It is terrorism. What do you think when you're in the streets, like in Portland and you're, and you're just destroying property until you quote, get what you want. And then they give you what you want. Of course, they're going to keep doing it. And now it's not just the Kristen Sinema, it's to her friends. Oh yes. This was at a wedding, the wedding of a personal friend. It was in a little courtyard in Brisbee, Arizona, which by the way is a beautiful little town near the border of Mexico, if you ever get a chance to go. And so there's this wedding going on and the lefties show up and they're chanting and they're yelling and they're screaming and they're disrupting this woman's wedding. Kristen Cinema is not getting married. She was officiating this for a family friend. The woman comes out and talks to the people and there's somebody videoing and she said, hey, thanks for ruining my wedding. I really appreciate it. It's just my wedding. I really wish I could enjoy my wedding without you ruining it. She was trying to, nope, nope. The mother of the bride comes out. Could you just go down to the corner for an hour? It's my daughter's wedding. Just for an hour. Just let her get married, please. One protester said, okay. So there's one nice, the rest of them go, nope, and started screaming and yelling and chanting and disrupting it all over again. But hey, the Tucson Daily Star was there, the local paper, and they were there to show just what was going on. And they framed the story around wedding guests, white wedding guests who wore Native American costumes to the celebration. You know, because it's Arizona and a lot of people dress kind of in Native American style because it's kind of used a lot there. No, it's cultural appropriation. Yeah, and, and talk about the left eating their own. So again, just to show you that Kristen Cinema is not all of a sudden turned into some far righty or something. Here's what here's what the Senator Cinema people put out to the newspaper. Senator Cinema officiated a personal friend's wedding at which a small group of activists protested during the private ceremony. While the senator knows the bride and groom, she does not know and did not interact with the wedding guests who wore disrespectful and racist costumes to the ceremony, and she strongly condemns such behavior. <laughs> they must be really good personal friends. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. Madonna is speaking out on cancel culture, because really that's what that is, right? They're trying to cancel Senator Cinema in any way they can, and they can't totally cancel her. So they're going to try and cancel her by going after her and going after her friends and family to the point that she will be a pariah, to the point that she may even decline invitations because she doesn't want to go there because she doesn't want to hurt them, right? And other people may just not invite her because they don't know who might show up. So basically canceling her. And guess who's speaking out against that now? Madonna. Madonna. All right. What's so funny about this is Madonna has been part of the cancel culture if you're a conservative, but now she's finally figuring it out, just like Bill Maher. And now these liberals are finally starting to figure out just how bad this is. And we're like, oh, wow, even Madonna said it. And, you know, and it's kind of annoying to people like you and me who've been saying it for years. So here's what she said. 
It's interesting because peace is subjective. The way people think about the pandemic, for instance, that the vaccination is the only answer or the polarization of thinking you're either on this side or the other. There's no debate. There's no discussion. Yeah, welcome to the party, Madonna. That's something I want to disturb, the peace. I want to disturb the fact that we're not encouraged to discuss it. I believe that our job as artists is to disturb the status quo. The censoring that's going on in the world right now, it's pretty frightening. No one's allowed to speak their mind right now. No one's allowed to say what they really think about things for fear of being canceled. Cancel culture. In cancel culture, disturbing the peace is probably an act of treason. So wait a second, Madonna. I thought you and you know others like you and the Democrats, the media, uh, the far left, they've all been telling us that cancel culture doesn't exist. Cancel culture is made up. I, I have friends that say, what do you mean cancel culture, Greg? There's no cancel culture. I'm like, are you paying attention? Now, now finally, even people like Bill Maher and Madonna are admitting cancel culture exists and it's bad. Thanks, guys. Better late than never. Glad you're a part of this. Speaking of uh, things that the left has done that people are starting to notice, how about defunding the police? Cities like Portland, Minneapolis, Austin, Texas. Yeah, here's a few stories. From KPTV in Portland. Portland's reputation is not the greatest. According to Travel Portland, they presented a tourism report to the city council, and even the commissioner understood there was a problem. Commissioner Mingus Mapp said, Here's the problem. Around the world, too many people associate Portland, Portland with homelessness and homicide. Hmm. wonder why. I mean, I'm sure it didn't have anything to do with the BLM or Antifa riots. I mean, mostly peaceful protests that have been going on seemingly forever in your city. Today, a significant chunk of humanity is afraid of spending time and money in our city, he said. Yep. And then back to the report. Continued attacks and breaking glass on buildings throughout the city, but especially downtown, continued to affect this hard-to-overcome sentiment. Our central city occupancy in September lags every competitive city we tracked. He's talking about hotels. Portland's specific issues related to civil unrest and public safety concerns has exasperated the negative occurrences and declining attendances and group cancellations. While the region struggles with solutions for local safety concerns, the impact on meetings and convention in future months and years remains evident as Portland hotels continue to experience cancellations well into the future. Yeah, you defunded the police, you let the criminals run your city, and now you're, oh, why would people not want to come here? I don't understand. We were just trying to be liberals. It's time to refund the police, enforce the rule of law, and actually protect the lives and property of your citizens who are law-abiding. Maybe, maybe this is the wake-up call that they need. I don't know, because in Austin, they defunded the police. They cut $150 million from the police department. They redirected the money to so-called public safety programs. Crime has spiked. So they did put money back, but they never refilled the 150 positions of police officers they left. And it's not even just funding enough money for these cops now. They've got to find a way to hire them. Because would you want to work in Portland, Oregon as a police officer? Or Minneapolis? Or even Austin? When you certainly feel like you're disrespected by the city... And you certainly don't feel like anybody's got your back. And Austin, Austin business owners pointing out just how bad this is. See, they're having a big uh, vote at the polls. Proposition A. And it aims to require Austin to maintain two police officers per 1,000 residents. It slipped down to 1.6. And it would also promote additional yearly training and increase minority hiring. And, of course, the Democrats are against it. Austin, Texas convenience store owner talked to Fox News. He wants this thing passed. 
because he said the cops won't even come to a shop anymore unless he's being personally violently attacked. What? Yeah. See, if you call and report, hey, somebody's in my store right now shoplifting. No, sorry, we're not coming for that. Call 311 and file a report. What? Yeah, they don't have enough people. Just call 311 and file a complaint. The man's name is Lynn Tu, and he said, I was born and raised here, and what I've seen in the past two or three years is horrible. It's a nightmare. He said, the store has been repeatedly burglarized. We get shoplifted. We contact 911. They refuse to send officers because no one is harmed. So right now, it's like they can do whatever they want in Austin. Yep, and look what it's been doing to San Francisco and could soon be coming to a town near you. You better pay attention, and you better show up to those city council meetings, like the way parents have been showing up to school board meetings. Two said that in one instance, a burglar tried to attack him. Said 911 said they couldn't do anything because he hadn't hit me yet. But you can hear him yelling at me on the phone. Could you imagine that? You're a, you're a business owner. Somebody's screaming at you. Somebody's threatening you. You call the police. The guy, well, has he hit you yet? What do you mean has he hit me yet? He stays in my store. He's threatening me. He's trying to steal stuff. He said it's really taking a toll on him. Every night I can't sleep. I'm watching the camera, trying to see if there's some guys coming back. Said one burglar was inside the store for five minutes because he knows the cops won't show up. Mm-hmm. This is going on in town after town all across America. I don't even recognize my country anymore, do you? And finally, the kinder, gentler Taliban strikes again. Yep, there was a wedding in Afghanistan's Nangahar province, and some Taliban members showed up. They say, hey, 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 I hear some music going on. Well, yeah, it's a wedding. No, 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 no. You don't play music here in Afghanistan. We believe the Hadith says that playing music is wrong. And if you listen to music, that one day uh, you will have molten lead poured into your ears. What? Come on, Greg, you're making that up. No, no, it says it right here. It's uh, the Hadith, a report of the sayings of Muhammad that states, those who listen to music and songs in this world on the day of judgment, molten lead will be poured into their ears so that we can't have any music. Now, there are, there are imams that say that's a misreading of the Hadith because it's not in the Quran. I don't know. All I know is what the kinder general or Taliban are doing. So they get into a fight over this. Taliban break out their guns and they kill. How many did they kill? Uh, sorry, I had it here. A second. Oh, killed three people. Ten others were injured, but only three. I mean, it's a small price to pay to get the wedding to turn the music down. Taliban spokesman, though, said, we don't think those three members were Taliban, but a separate member of the Taliban's intelligence department told NBC News the gunmen were indeed members of the Taliban. The Taliban spokesman said, we haven't, we haven't forbid music yet, but music is forbidden in Islam, but we're hoping we can persuade people not to do such things instead of pressuring them. Right. Hey, but if it doesn't work, <laughs> remember, these are the people the Biden administration called businesslike and professional. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.